Welcome to Cinemazing Chats. I'm here with Erica, and we're also being joined by our friend Derek Brown. Hey, how's it going? Really good. And uh, today we're covering the movie Assassins, not to be confused with Assassin's Creed. This is actually the 1995 Assassins that was written by the Wachowski siblings around the same time that they actually wrote the script for The Matrix, and Warner Brothers just bought the script for both of them at the same time, but apparently after they hired Richard Donner, the director of this movie, he brought his own screenwriter in who basically rewrote it. They actually wanted to take their names off of it, but the Writers Guild wouldn't let them. I can see why. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a pretty embarrassing film to have on your resume, I'd say. Yeah, I like the um, the irony of that or something. The hell of Hollywood forced them to keep their names on it. And it seemed like in a lot of ways this movie was kind of a recycled effort. Um, they were basically getting Antonio Banderas hot off Desperado, which sort of introduced him to American audiences. And they basically used him in the exact same role, almost, except as a villain. Like, definitely <laughs> a villain in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um... He's just doing a lot of mugging and face acting in this movie. Uh, <laughs> way, way too much. Way too much. <laughs> oh yeah, super over the top. Like insane. Yeah, he had the energy of a minion. It was ridiculous. <laughs> well yeah, he yeah. took all of, so- of Stallone's energy or whatever, I don't know. Exactly. Like for the first 15 minutes, we didn't really even have a plot. It just starts sort of with a flashback in black and white, uh, showing us something we have no idea what it is. And then we're sort of just following Sylvester Stallone as he's going on his assassin missions, but we have nothing, we're not really attached to anything. We don't know why he's killing people, or <laughs> what his deal is, or even his name for a long time. I had to, I had to find a uh, bootleg copy of this because I waited too long to watch it on HBO. And I couldn't understand Stallone's <laughs> anything. I couldn't understand any dialogue from him, oh, yeah. but I understood <laughs> what was going on. Like he didn't have to talk during the whole movie. It was, it was very funny. Exactly. Um, and actually, both of them were very hard to understand, I'd say. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just like mumbly mouth. Because there's only, there's only three people in the movie. Like, that was yeah, it. Yeah, it's basically a three-hander. <laughs> it's the two of them and Julianne Moore the entire time, pretty much. Wait, yeah, so was, uh, was Julianne Moore in anything before this? I assume so. I think so. Was this X-Files? Is this like mid her X-Files thing or? Um, I think that was Jillian Anderson. Oh, okay. Never they mind. Sim- similar though. Her and Jodie Foster and Jillian Anderson. Oh yeah, that is similar. And they kind of look similar. Yeah. Anyway, so Julianne Moore is like a cat lady or something. So there is, there is a lot of cat footage <laughs> yeah. in this film, which I really liked that. <laughs> yeah. She wears some amazing clothes, like a vest and some blue jeans. Oh, I liked her little vest get up. That was cute. I would say um, at this point, Julianne Moore was probably playing more like bit characters, and she hadn't quite broken through yet, but she was about to get big. True. Mm. And her character's name was Electra? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, that was amazing, too. <laughs> um, You know what's weird about this movie? There were no, like, good guys. They were just... Oh, yeah. They're all kind of bad, right? <laughs> Yeah. That's why ass is twice in the title, I guess. They're all assholes. <laughs> My favorite thing is uh, when Stallone was sent to find uh, Julian Moore, he printed out this cat eyes picture for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you needed to print that out. It was a lot of ink. 
I don't know why you waste that much <laughs> He ink did on that it. every time he got a hit and printed off printed the link. picture. Didn't it say something hilarious too, like meow at cats.org or something like that? Like it was just Yes. Ridiculous. Her email yeah. was like meow at cat at comsat.cat. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was, it was just so like weird. A stereotype. But yeah, no, he created a paper trail every time he got a hit because he would print the picture and then, <laughs> and then like, circled like a big red ink, like a uh, cross through the person's face or whatever. Anyways, that was just ridiculous. Oh yeah, he wasn't covering himself all, at all. <laughs> and I will say, um, of the director, uh, Richard Donner had actually um, had actually filmed a bunch of movies like this before. Like he's responsible for the first three Lethal Weapons. Mm-hmm. And he had also directed the Superman movies from then and The Omen. Hmm. So he was kind of well-regarded. Maybe they just like brought him onto the script with untested screenwriters and they were like, good luck with this. Okay. What were some of your favorite parts of the movie? Oh, the the gif. I just was just saying I love the intro with all the like round and black and white is just like very pretentious <laughs> for no reason. Mm-hmm. I will say for a lot of this movie, it's it definitely could have just been a simple movie, but instead they made every scene very convoluted with the dialogue and everything that happened was just terrible. Erica, what about you? There's this movie has that one um gif of like Antonio Banderas getting the hit um on Stallone or whatever. And he goes, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's an amazing... I will say, out of this movie, at least we got an amazing meme. Yeah, one amazing meme. Oh, and yeah, all the cat footage. Um, she, yeah, I don't know. She just really loved her cat and always carried it around. Um, maybe sort of to give a little background about what this movie is actually about. Um, <laughs> so it's about Sylvester just Stallone basically being the best assassin in the world. And he wants to get out do one last big hit for two million dollars and of course he has to like talk to his contact person through some convoluted chess game where they give him assignments so he never actually knows who he's doing jobs for and then out of nowhere antonio banderas appears and is trying to like take over the number one spot so it's just like a back and forth cat and mouse sort of a movie yeah so antonio banderas is just motivated by being number one i guess he was also being played against him because the same person was giving them the same targets or something. Right, exactly. So they first meet in that funeral scene where they both decide to pull a hit. Um, Sylvester Stallone has this, like, cast set up <laughs> to shoot through a cast. <laughs> and then Antonio Banderas appears and just, like, starts wildly picking people off and actually kills the targets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he just knows he can get away from the police, so he just carries around this huge gun out in the open. <laughs> Yeah. How come no one questions Stallone? I mean, this guy was like an important guy who attended his funeral, <laughs> and there was no right. security at all. Yeah. Um, I also noticed there was a lot of bad editing in this movie. Like, you would have scenes where people would be holding guns, and they'd hand the gun to somebody else, and then a second <laughs> later, it'd be back in their hands. Yeah, you did notice that. Or things just didn't make sense, like people, characters would move around. Right continuity errors i could have sworn there's an action sequence at the end uh, or around the middle actually where antonio banderas bursts into a hotel room and he shoots like a bunch of guys in there and i swear there was a guy like directly in front of him that he doesn't shoot but somehow there's nobody standing <laughs> oh are you talking about the dutch <laughs> the the bad dutch yeah. people yeah the dutchmen <laughs> exactly did anyone find it random that they had dutch buyers like, how come what happened to, like, Russia or any, any other country but Dutch? It was just just weird. 
Yeah, it was hilarious. And they always have the 90s goons with, like, a ponytail for no reason. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I didn't even catch this, but they were Interpol agents. Oh. Hmm. I didn't even notice. <laughs> so, wait, so they would have caught the cat lady? I don't know. I think that's their target, or they're trying to retrieve it. But I don't. I didn't get that part. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's also kind of a romantic story, right? Between Julia Moore and Sylvester Stallone. They try and make um, it romantic. <laughs> it's such a forced romance. There's absolutely no chemistry between the two of them. Yeah, it's really awkward when he just kind of like grabs her face, and I'm just like, okay, you just met her. It's really. Too much, I don't know. I mean, thankfully, there's no sex scene or anything. They just, like, have one chaste kiss, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was weird. <laughs> My favorite part is uh, the most important information we found out. It was Antonio Banderas, uh, his birthday. It was his birthday that day. <laughs> that's, really? Yeah. That's, I missed that. He, you don't remember when, before they set the house on fire? He says, happy birthday, asshole. <laughs> you don't remember that line? Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. But now this is not the worst movie yeah, I've seen. I've seen so much worse, but I don't know. It, it had no, like, the story was so weak. And it had so many cliches yeah. of just or like mid-90s uh, cop film or whatever. Like, the mirror scene was such a cliche. The flashback <laughs> of, like, uh, a hit gone wrong or... Something. It just had yeah. so many cliches. Oh, the breakaway floors and the, yeah. I, I did like the mirror shots. <laughs> <laughs> I do kind of have to imagine that this point um, is sort of like Sylvester Stallone was trying to bridge the gap since he was so big in the 80s. Um, He's probably trying to get like 90s talent like uh, Antonio Banderas or whoever made that casting choice. Right. Um, to try to sort of like revitalize his career and be like I'm still relevant. Uh, I imagine at this around the same time, um, films like Terminator 2 were probably coming out. So it's people trying to like make this new action look. But yeah, it's very by the numbers. Um, this could be virtually any other movie. Uh, and but with some other director, maybe it would have been good. But yeah, it's like not even entertaining. The action scenes are really stupid. Yeah, I don't know what can make this movie better. Maybe adding more than three people to the cast would probably make it better. Antonio's acting was really extreme. Uh, the fact that he can sniff and smell uh, what was it, lavender or perfume from like oh, miles away. Oh. Jasmine. Jasmine. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was really creepy. Um yeah, he was way too over the top. I agree. So yeah, basically the two meet in the funeral, have a little shootout. Um, then Antonio Banderas gets caught by the police, um, and he has to like dislocate his thumb, yeah. slip through, through the, the handcuffs, and somehow cakes through the like the bulletproof glass, causing <laughs> the cop car to like just flip over. He does that again later. He really likes kicking through glass. He takes the cop's neck and like breaks it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Really easily, too. Yeah, he had the neck strength of a fetus. It was so easy to break. <laughs> exactly. And throughout this movie, they definitely show that Antonio's character, who I think's name is Miguel Bain, they show him constantly like going out of his way to killing to kill the hell out of everything around. Uh, later on, he breaks into a hotel and just like kills some other couple that's unrelated. He's just constantly like killing everybody. So they sort of make the distinction where he's a little more psychopathic. 
where Sylvester Stallone has some sort of a code, even though he's like constantly killing his ex-partners. He's like um, Harry or Stallone is Harry Potter and Antonio Banderas is Voldemort or something. They're like two sides of the same coin, both assassins, but one person, one of them won't do headshots. Yeah, Stallone yeah. won't kill a oh, woman. Oh, right. But he's totally oh, okay right. with hitting, <laughs> killing an old man in a wheelchair. Totally Don't fine forget, with that. to kill a woman, you have to pull the trigger a different oh, way. No. <laughs> it's not like... Exactly. They have like a standoff in a taxi. Uh, Stallone's character, I think his name's Robert Rath. He like calls... <laughs> um, he like steals a taxi and uses the computer to pick up Antonio Banderas. And then they have like some shootout in the taxi, like in and around it. But again, this all sounds way more exciting than it actually is. It's just like very bland. That was my favorite part of the movie, to be honest with you. The taxi drive. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, why didn't he just shoot him from the back of the seat, though? He, like, spins out, and then he's just, like, fighting a truck. But why? <laughs> he should have just shot him, like, when he drove up to him. <laughs> like, just do a drive-by yeah. and save us two hours and, I don't know, 20 minutes. It was a long movie. Like, it was pretty yeah, long. Yeah, it was yeah. too long. And it's pretty repetitive. Like, it was the same scene kept playing out over and over again. Like, they'd set something up, then uh, it would all go awry when Antonio Banderas' character shows up. There's some sort of shootout, and then they escape, and then they just did that like three times. <laughs> now, I'm reading this. The budget was $50 million and, and made oh $30 God, million at the U.S. and 83 worldwide. So, he got his money back. He got his money back. So, it wasn't a yeah. total failure. It um, has like 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh no. Were there any points where you were confused um, in, the, in the script? Yeah, um, I was very confused throughout the whole movie. Um, <laughs> because there's this whole thing about the Russian guy. They don't Nikolai. Really they keep having this black and white flashback that they don't really explain until the end. Mm -hmm. Stallone just keeps being emo and thinking about his Russian friend. Yeah, he's like looking out of that window with the rain coming down. Looking all sad. Um, but yeah, that was Nikolai. Or, and so I guess Nikolai was his friend. And then he... Um, yeah, they were like hit. partners somehow. Okay. Aw, partner assassins. Which then I'm like, why didn't he just be partners with uh, Antonio Banderas? Yeah, I kept wanting... I wanted it to be a buddy film with them. Yeah. I think that makes a lot more sense, too, because Antonio Banderas looks kind of awkward playing a bad guy. I don't know. I don't think he plays many bad guys. Yeah, he's too nice. I did love, uh, at one point, they show um, on the truck, I think, uh, an NRA symbol with an X through it. And then I was kind of thinking, but this film could have almost been an ad for the NRA. They just keep, like, fetishizing all the guns and, like, mm -hmm. the different sites and shit you can add. To That's them. very true. But, yeah, that was the truck that... It made someone lose their gun, so I think it was supposed to be funny, like the NRA made them lose their gun or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, and this had a lot of, like, it was a good snapshot of 1995 computer technology, because they're always on their laptops. <laughs> yeah, um, they get on their cutting-edge laptops, and there's these huge, like, plastic bricks, and their cell phones are, like, <laughs> enormous as well. Yeah, it all had to do with a floppy disk. Yeah, and there's a floppy disk. The MacGuffin was a floppy disk. Yeah, Julianne Moore has stolen some data, and even she's just like, I don't know, this could be anything. Could be industrial data, could be anything. <laughs> oh yeah, so she's a computer hacker, actually. She's a computer hacker cat lady. 
Right, and that's the scene in the hotel room. Basically, they're she's trying to exchange this disc with the Dutchmen, and <laughs> she does it in, she does it in this really convoluted way. She has like a robot with a camera, and she's like ferrying back the money with the disc to an adjoining hotel room. Oh yeah, the little toy uh, truck that lowers lowers the money down a uh, like a chute into a yeah, room. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I'm pretty sure at some point there was like four hotel rooms in play because there's the one that Julianne Moore was in. There's the one with the Dutch people. Then Antonio Banderas uh, breaks into another room. And then Sylvester Stallone somehow overseeing all the computer shit because apparently he's an elite hacker as well. Yeah, I was confused like where the everyone was. Yeah, finally just ends up that Sylvester saves Julianne Moore before Antonio Banderas can kill her. And then they go back to her apartment, which has all these, like, creepy cameras, so they can be in this tense scene of, like, Antonio Banderas uh, killing someone in a different room. Hey, can we talk about her for a second? Like, in, in, yes. in, the, in, in the beginning, she was just watching her neighbors? Like, all of them? Yeah. She's a voyeur. What was that about? Yeah, she's like a tech babe who, like, just hooks up random... <laughs> hidden cameras all over the place apparently so she was just spying on her neighbors while they're fighting it's just one of those movie things i think yeah it just seemed very like she was a a crappy person yeah they're all bad people you're because it's two assassins and then like an evil kind of evil computer hacker yeah (laughs) and they also show her like spray paint some lady's coat because uh she's carrying around her cat and then these like terrible white people and she like discreetly spray paints it because like yeah she's complaining about nothing in particular but it's not like the coat was cat fur that didn't really make sense <laughs> yeah well. I, didn't, I didn't get that that it that had nothing to her character no no yeah i think they were trying to make her interesting but they just failed utterly <laughs> Oh, and I did want to mention, actually, the guy who they had rewrite this, Arthur Wachowskis. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually is pretty well-known, too. Oh, uh, Brian Higlin? Yeah, exactly. He actually wrote the script for L.A. Confidential. But then immediately after that, he wrote The Postman, which was, like, one of the worst movies ever. <laughs> and he also wrote A Knight's Tale, Mystic River, which also was really well-received. Um, Man on Fire, the taking of Pelham 123 remake. And then most recently, he wrote Legend, which is that um, twin Tom Hardy movie. Yeah. Hmm. So he's had a pretty long career. I think he probably either didn't get the script that the Wachowskis originally wrote. Like, maybe it was a little too odd. <laughs> Apparently, they, like, toned down some of the violence and just, like, sanded down some of the interesting aspects of the script. Hmm. Clearly, he has some talents. So that kind so of falls in line, line with our, our overall theme, theme which we, we like, like to talk, talk about, about people, people who generally um, are, are successful, successful than maybe making the step. step. Yeah, hmm. it's true. What? So... Can you explain the plan that uh, Nikolai had? So this was all set up, right? Mm-hmm, this whole right. thing. You learn at the end that they've been talking to this lady, who turns out to be his ex-partner, mm-hmm. Nikolai. And his plan was to vanish or something? Um, probably just revenge. He, I think he just wanted Antonio to kill Stallone. Wait, but so that means that... Because they probably had the laptops from the secret assassin organization all along, telling them what to do. Uh. So Nikolai must have gone to headquarters, taken it over, or somehow hacked their laptops or something to make them think that he was the actual guy in charge. And he did that for like two years or something? Well, the plan was to fake his death, right? He had to fake his death. Right. Oh, he wa- Oh, he was always in charge, and he just wanted to fake his death. 
Um, yeah, but on the other hand, maybe there's a far more interesting movie out there where they show him like <laughs> taking on the whole assassin league. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Movie. I don't even know. Well, that's like John Wick. Oh yeah. And I found it really interesting that in this movie they sort of did that thing at lots where Antonio Banderas would be holding two guns. Oh, yeah. This got, got really popular. And just, like, kept showing up in movies. Yeah, whenever he would enter a room, he would, like, <laughs> do the thing where he, like, has the gun side by side. Kind of like a uppercase T. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Two silenced pistols. <laughs> For some reason, this kind of reminded me of the video game Hitman. <laughs> What were your feelings in the last scene uh, with the, uh, first off, let's talk about uh, Electra hiding behind like a, a bed cushion. Oh my God. That was so annoying. Well, that whole situation was ridiculous. Like the whole bank scene. So, yeah. so Stallone goes so into a bank, right? A setup, yeah. And his, his yeah. plan was to get Antonio really pissed off, right? And have him wait for hours. Well, I think they're doing one right. last hit. There's um, somebody that they put a contract out for, so they're both trying to vie for it. And at the same time, I think Sylvester's trying to sell the disc bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, earlier, he tries to sell the disc, but they put a bomb in a briefcase instead. So I don't know why he still trusts them. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really make sense. So yeah, they have this whole convoluted thing where um, Sylvester Stallone and Julianne Moore check out this sniper nest, and we see in the flashback that's the same exact place where uh, Stallone had shot his um, former partner years earlier. So then there's this whole convoluted thing where Antonio Banderas is in the sniper nest, but then he has to leave, so Julianne Moore like sneaks in. And literally all she has to do is like reach up to a rafter and grab a gun. But somehow this immediately gets complicated because she falls through the fucking floor. <laughs> yeah, and I guess he shoots or she shoots him, right? Did she miss though? I think she shot him in the back. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, he's taking a really long time to like get a bead on um, Sylvester Stallone. Uh, so she shoots him in the back when he comes back, somehow missing her under the mattress. Yeah, and then a non-necessary chase happens. Yeah. yeah, I kind of thought um, all the battles in this movie, it was kind of like, uh, you know, in the Bourne movies, they have these two assassins fighting. And it's always like really fun and really fun and like efficient how they're trying to kill each other. This is like that if they both really, really sucked at killing. <laughs> well, I thought it was going to be that uh, Electra was the bad guy because she told this uh, like fairy tale oh. of like um, some birds or something oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. not mm-hmm. being what they were supposed to be. And, like, something, well, the gist of it is, like, your enemies can be your friends and your friends can be your enemies. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, I wrote it down somewhere because it was so ridiculous. It's something about a sparrow is flying, but then it freezes uh, because it's winter and then it falls into some manure. So it um, freezes back out. So it's happy. Uh, you mean thaws seems, out. So a cat eats it. And then she, like, t- explains the metaphor about how if things are bad, sometimes they get better, but then don't sing because a cat might eat you. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then uh, the last scene where the guy comes out, and uh, I guess uh, Robert Rath lets Miguel, like, slide and doesn't and decides not to kill him. Yeah, exactly. And then another cliche happened. <laughs> with the uh you know looking at the reflection and shooting from behind oh yeah the old looking in the sunglasses oh, right <laughs> which was a lot of time <laughs> to can we talk about a little earlier that. in the movie the first time that um 
Sylvester tries to kill Antonio because that's really ridiculous too. Basically, uh, they're in a hotel kitchen and he like breaks all these like gas lines uh, in the room that Antonio is standing in, and then he like sets off a fire. Uh-huh. This is like horrible effects. There's like a reverse projection shot, I think. It must oh be. my god! This looks so shitty. Yeah, he gets blown out of a window, right? He grabs the table as a shield, just like the lead um, refrigerator. <laughs> and then it pushes him out the window. Somehow a thin piece of like plastic and wood is able to protect him from this huge explosion. Yeah, it blows out the whole floor of the apartment building. And then in the other room, Julia Moore and Sylvester Stallone are just okay. But it like shows fire coming out of like all the windows. I also liked um, this thing that Antonio kept doing throughout the movie where he just like repeats something. Like, uh, when oh, like, the uh, when they're like, sitting at a soccer ball and he's just like, drive, 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 drive. And then later <laughs> when he's pissed off at the Assassin League people on the laptop, he's just like, fuck you. And then he like keeps typing it in and saying it. Oh, yeah. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. He had, he had his own catchphrases like chit chat and, and he had this like yeah. weird, he did these weird sounds that really made no yes. sense. I noticed that too. Yeah. He just like incorporated all these ticks for no reason. Probably because he thought mm-hmm. that's what you had to do. <laughs> yep. And I saw the I saw the trailer. I thought it was going to be a totally different movie of them chasing each other down and trying to kill each other, and that was it. It seemed really confusing. Yeah, it's needlessly convoluted. Like I had a simple premise. They just kept adding weird shit because I guess that's what you have to do. What's really weird is that um, about maybe like 15 years after this movie, uh, Antonio Banderas was in this other terrible assassins movie called X versus Sever. That's like him versus Lucy Liu when they're both hitmen, hit people. Oh my. Apparently he just has this thing about terrible assassins movies. <laughs> it's his favorite. What could have made this movie better? It's better action in general. Like this was also produced by Joel Silver. If you look at the Lethal Weapon movies, it's um, Richard Donner directing and Joel Silver producing and they usually have pretty good action scenes. Like that's what they're known for at least or like incorporating more wit and humor. Yeah, there was no humor in this movie at all. It was way mm. too serious. Yeah. The only funny parts were, like, just because Antonio Banderas was being so over the top. Yeah. I do think, um, like, uh, I wish he'd had a better agent, because, like, I said, he was coming right off Desperado. Like, he was really, um, he had something, like, charisma, and then he went and made this piece of shit. <laughs> but then he probably went to do the Zora movie, so he's... Yeah, what movie did he do after this? I don't, I don't know if this was such a big... Was it a flop? No, I guess, like you're saying, it made, like, a little bit of money. So before this, um, he did Desperado and Four Rooms, and then I think he did um, Evita. And then oh, the Master oh, yeah, that was the huge, room. yeah. And every time he talked, I thought about that uh, Nasonex B commercial. <laughs> yeah. So it was so hilarious, weird. Hilarious. Oh, this says um, Stallone's performance in the film earned him a Golden Raspberry Award nomination for Worst oh. Actor. Yeah. But he lost the trophy to Polly Shore for jury duty. Fucking Polly Shore. I love that movie. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe that'd be good for this. Yeah, he pretty much was a one note uh, guy. He was never yeah. sad or angry or or even scared that much. And Sylvester Stallone in this movie is just like a cipher. I guess he's supposed to be a little bit nice because he won't like target women and children. But his face just looks like a lump of clay. Oh, there's that one scene where uh, Julian Moore and Sloane are looking into each other's eyes, and then uh, <laughs> they show like her eyes, which are like full of emotion, and then they show his eyes, which are just dead inside, dead, like, dead. A, like a like a doll. 
Yeah. <laughs> Him in this movie is really weird. They do also have a sequence of the Day of the Dead, um, because they fly to some Caribbean island, uh, which is where the ending takes place. So they have all this, like, stuff with extras walking around, and Julianne Moore leaves the hotel to go check it out for absolutely no reason. Oh, yeah, and she climbed down the, uh, she climbed down, like, the chute, like, outside. Exactly. That seems a little crazy. Yeah, they're just, like, hanging out, and Sylvester Stallone's about to, like, explain his feelings, and he, like, looks over, and she's just gone. Yeah, why did she do that? <laughs> Literally, there's no reason. And the other reason to think that she was actually the bad guy is because the laptop would say, like, that's that's no way to talk to a lady, so they were trying to make you think they were a woman. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Thought, I really thought it was her. Mm-hmm. That would have been a way better twist. Yeah. Especially if they both ended up dead and she was just, like, the last one alive. And she took the money. But it's weird because when, when that guy came back, he said that phrase. Like, that's no way to talk. That's not a way to talk to a lady. Yeah, Nikolai said that to identify himself, I guess. Oh, after the Day of the Dead scene, there's this really weird, like, quick cut to Antonio Banderas just having done something. And he says something like, I just killed your brother. Oh. I have no idea what to You know what he was talking to? He was talking to the fruit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so he puts a piece of orange on a on a uh, on a fence post or whatever, and then he shoots the orange, and then he has an orange in his hand, and he just says, "I just killed your brother," which was oh, so weird. Sense. <laughs> They're like pat out this time, improv something. Yeah, and it, I don't know Talk if you noticed, but he was eating like all this fruit. It was yeah. super weird. Oh, who was eating a banana? Was that Stallone? Yeah, it was a little. It was a, well, yeah, he was eating a banana and um, oh, looking while hacking or something. <laughs> yeah, while he was hacking. <laughs> so I don't. I didn't know yeah, where that came from. Hot. There's a lot of craft services were needed in that film. I, <laughs> I assume. <laughs> Exactly. So basically at the end, it's Julianne Moore is trying to shoot Antonio Banderas with a sniper rifle and Sylvester Stallone's trying to like help her out. Oh, and they like are looking around for Antonio Banderas and there's of course the cliche of like a drop of blood falls down and they look up and I'm pretty sure they steal a shot directly from Desperado <laughs> because it's that scene, I swear, from that movie where uh, Antonio Banderas is just like shooting through his legs. I swear it's the exact same scene. So they shoot up at him, and he just, like, falls and hits the floor. And the floor caves in, hitting the next (laughs) floor, and then it just keeps happening for, like, five floors until he's on the bottom. (laughs) This fucking weird building. Yeah, the sniper tower was very shoddily made. (laughs) And then uh, Nikolai makes his play, and he's like, I was the lady all along. Oh, yeah, and he said, "Uh, I thought I killed you. He's like, no, you always, I had, like, a, a metal plate. In my chest. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's when I realized the lesson of this film is always do a headshot. Exactly. You always go for the heart, but of course I haven't got a heart. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a big chance. He could have went for a headshot. Yeah. And then yeah. they both like shoot the guy together like 50 times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was an what you say moment. Exactly. Yeah, I really thought it was going to be a happy ending. Everyone walks away. And then... But then Antonio is all like, but I'll never be number one. And then <laughs> they have to have another shootout. Who, who is ranking these assassins? Good question. Yeah. I I... 
<laughs> no, Pablo mentioned that when we were watching it, and you were like, why don't they give more background on, like, this Assassin's Club? Oh, yeah, this is, like, terrible world build- building. It's, like, the opposite of John Wick, where you've, like, explained all these, like, cool, intricate things about their network. Here you just get nothing. It's just a chess game that's barely explained. We don't know if there's an agency or, like, how they get these missions or how did Antonio get the same missions until you realize at the end that they were being contacted by the same people. It didn't make sense at all. I mean, why didn't Nikolai just tell Antonio to kill Stallone? Yeah, Yeah, that would have been way easier. (laughs) Even at the end, he doesn't want him to kill him necessarily. He just, he specifies, I just want the disc. Yeah, that's just Mm. weird, the floppy disc that no one could unlock or encrypt. (laughs) It's some weird assassin game. You'll never understand the assassin arts. So many intricate layers that they won't explain. Oh yeah, and then the cool move um, that Stallone does is he shoots backwards. Oh yeah, I didn't even understand how that happened. (laughs) Uh, He was like looking away, I guess. It's like a reflection on Julianne Moore's sunglasses, which are just perfect. No, but his his arm would have to go across his body and shoot back or right and that's not really the best if you're using julianne moore's help no that's true <laughs> but i'm still i'm still a big fan of the gun cast that's my uh, i vote for that as the best moment in the, in the uh, film yeah it was actually really clever if only antonio hadn't screwed it up yeah it was just a big like thick cast i think it, it was a really bad plan <laughs> like, I, I think they would have been obvious, but hey, yeah, looks over. <laughs> yeah, this guy we don't know with a giant cast, he probably did it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this guy. I really wish they would have called this movie Bane versus Wrath. Yeah, Bane v. Wrath. <laughs> yeah, the Wrath of Bane or something. They really missed an opportunity to make another sequel, have it be like a buddy film. They made like three more of these. <laughs> Oh, God. It's basically like one of those movies you watch in the middle of the day on a Saturday, and you're just like, um, this is too shitty to keep watching. Yeah, it was a very slow movie. It had, like, Mm -hmm. three action scenes, but it was extremely slow. Yeah, so much chasing. Yeah, in someone else's hands, I'm sure this could have been, like, a normal movie, or normal to good. Or if they probably used the original script, maybe it would have been better. Yeah, like, why couldn't it have just been simplified to, like, here's an Assassin's Club... And they are ranked or something, and this guy wants to be number one, and he's like a sociopath, and then it's, yeah, just Antonio Banderas versus Stallone, rather than these, like, other hits going on. Yeah, let's explain the plot and actually have it make sense. No. No way. I didn't understand why, uh, you know, Stallone tried to kill Antonio. Like, if they hit the, if he got to the target first, why does it matter that the other guy needs to die? yeah. He chased after him. That was... I don't know why he did that, too. Yeah, that bothered me, too. He could have just been like, bygones, I, I missed the shot. And this other guy got it. I'm sure that's happened before. Yeah, good job. You did... You're better than me for a little bit. It's not... Yeah, it's not like killing Antonio would have um, gotten him the money. And then the weird thing is you learn later that it was actually Antonio who wanted their relationship to be antagonistic. Like, he was actually trying to kill him to be number one. He's a big fan or something, he says. <laughs> He's a big fan. That was a very hard film to understand completely. Very simple name. Should have been called like Top exactly. Assassin or Number One Assassin or something else. 
Yeah, it's like at every point in this movie where they could have made a simple decision, they instead made it a convoluted decision. It's sort of like a masterwork in what not to do in this kind of circumstance. Like, don't make anything interesting or fun in terms of action. And then just have, like, two very, like... It's almost as if Stallone and Banderas didn't really have chemistry. No, they didn't like, at all. A pretty odd movie. I'm imagining like an assassin's um, fantasy football thing or something, or like you pick brackets and see which assassin will become number one. <laughs> like a fantasy football thing? Yes. <laughs> fantasy football assassin's edition. And the whole movie was pretty low stakes too. Like it doesn't really matter if they fail. It's just like some made up thing about they're the top assassin. It's not like it's them versus some assassin league that actually does come out and has all these guys trying to kill them. There's no actual, like, bad guy except they're trying to kill each other. I guess the real bad guy is Stallone is having, like, emotional problems with taking uh, killing people now or something. Like, he's having all these flashbacks. He's, like, traumatized from his hits. Yeah, it's a little cliche about, like, doing one more job before you leave. Yeah, but he's only traumatized right. by killing his friend. Right. Oh, only the friend, not the guy in the wheelchair. That's right. <laughs> Bizarre. Huh. <laughs> yeah, no problem killing an old guy in a wheelchair. Not at all. <laughs> no. The, it kind of reminded me of Imbruges. Imbruges, where he's like fine with killing everyone, except he accidentally kills a kid and he feels terrible. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Or would have made more sense if he'd actually accidentally shot a lady, and then that's why he would have had all these things about not shooting women. Oh. Yeah, it'd probably been better. An assassin shot his mom, and then he got then he was an orphan, so he got sucked into the Assassin's League and was trained from a young age. Ooh. I like that. <laughs> this thing needs another page one rewrite. Yeah. <laughs> 20 years later. <laughs> I didn't hate Julianne Moore in this movie. I'll say that like her character did a bunch of stupid things but she was fine she was better than the other two maybe yeah it wasn't it wasn't a hard job to be better than the other two <laughs> no oh no her cat was very good actor well probably yeah, the, yeah, probably the, actor. the second best actor in the film <laughs> <laughs> after inanimate plant <laughs> well awesome um does anyone else have anything else they wanted to touch on Otherwise, I think we pretty much did it. Yeah, don't see this movie. Do not recommend. Maybe like play it, play it in the background while you do something else and multitask or something. I don't know. Yeah, go go see Baby Driver. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was about to say <laughs> this plot has almost the exact same like story as Baby Driver in a way. Like he's doing one last job before getting out, and then everyone double. Oh no! Like, that one's a way better version of that concept. Way better. It's kind of like Winter's Tale, too. Winter's Tale, where he was trying to get out of the um, Crystal Crow's uh, goon gang or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. gangster squad. Yeah. What, what rating would you give it? Like, how many stars for, like, a bad, bad film? <laughs> like, the worst being the one. Two. Two? Yeah, two, two out of five stars. I did actually like Antonio <laughs> Banderas' mugging. It was sort of entertaining in a way. Yeah. yeah. My main problem really was like the action scenes weren't that interesting. That's like how your action movie lives or dies. It has to have something to the action, but this is like nothing. Very rote. True. I didn't. I didn't really care if who lived or died in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Like build up Sylvester Stallone's character so he has something to root for, or make um, make it more over the top. I think the cat had more lines than he had. 
There were so many shots of the cat. There was one of it on the bed with like a wad of money. Like you could get some good cat screenshots out of this movie. So that's one reason to watch it. Oh, I love some scene where Antonio like finds Julianne Moore stuff and he pulls out all these Polaroids and it's just like photo after photo of her cat. <laughs> oh yeah. He's like, well, this is useless. <laughs> well, meow. Yeah, well, meow. <laughs> that can be the tagline, meow. <laughs> all right. Well. That was great. Yes, great discussion of this terrible movie. So yeah, um, we enjoyed we enjoyed how bad Assassins was. <laughs> Please hate watch this movie and listen to the podcast. 